and welcome to Tech Live. Stephanie Christopher here, Chief Executive of the Executive Connection. Tech Connect CEOs, executives, and business owners to the world's largest business leader network. This is Tech Live for this week, another remote episode. So Stephanie's still self-isolating, but we still get to hear her dulcet tones. Stephanie. Thanks, Leah. Great to be dulcet and remote. And I look forward to the day, which I think is really soon, when we're actually Tech Live Live in the studio all together. So I have a great guest today in Viren Thakra, someone I have known for some years and, in fact, worked with many years ago. And he has done a lot since then. So I'm actually going to read his bio by way of introduction. Viren has over 10 years of deep expertise in using psychology to help companies hire, lead and perform better. Viren's the co-founder of In The Game, where he creates games, toolkits and workshops about people, culture and leadership. He aims to help companies create modern places to work where people love what they do and where they perform at their best. Prior to this, Viren was the head of innovation and analytics at an HR consulting company, where he created innovative products and services in the people and culture arena. Viren Thakra, welcome to Tech Live. Uh, thanks so much for having me, Steph. Yeah, great to see you. Great to have you here. So the bit that I loved when I read this this morning was creating modern places to work. <laughs> so let's get real. Yeah. Everyone's working in a modern place right now. So why don't we start right there? Yeah, interesting place to start. <laughs> so my question is, how relevant is what you were doing with business leaders eight weeks ago, <laughs> six, six weeks ago, to where businesses are right now? Yeah, look, uh, it's more relevant than ever. And I think the interesting thing, you know, I've been having conversations with people that are in a similar space to me. And there's a difference between doing things and doing things well. So just because everyone is working flexibly, remotely, um, putting in place modern practices or trying to put in place modern practices, there's a difference between doing them well and doing them. Yeah, tell me about that difference between doing things and doing them well. I mean, it's obvious, but tell me more about that. Yeah, look, um, you know, one of the things, and this is understandable, I think, you know, we're having to accelerate things under um, a bit of pressure to do things in a different way. And the tendency tends to be to take the old way of doing things and just translate them to an online online format. And the online format is totally different. And actually working remotely is totally different. And it, it shouldn't just be a case of taking the kind of old way of doing things and just applying them in a digital format. This is a good chance to reimagine how work is work is done and how we go about things. So, I mean, just even just a, a simple example would be if, if it was a nine-to-five environment before, does it necessarily need to be a nine to five environment now? Do people need to be logging in at nine o'clock and logging off at five? Is that the best way to do things? Uh, or is it, are there different ways of doing things that might be better? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting point because when you said the word accelerated, the speed of change was so quick and <laughs> yeah. we had no choice. And I think that that has been the natural um, first thing to try to achieve. It's okay. We're all remote. Everyone's doing the same thing. We're fine. Absolutely. But you've just, right, just pushed me there to think that's not necessarily the right thing going forward at all, is it? No, I don't think so. I think um, yeah, if we kind of look back to, and I think you said the word choice, and I think choice is a really interesting one um, because I think people, it is, it's, autonomy and choice is a universal driver for most people. And I think yeah. um, this kind of flexible digital environment should, it should give people more flexibility, more freedom and more choice. But if we do what we were doing before, we just try and translate that to the 
this environment and this world, I, I think that that's a mistake and I think it's a missed opportunity as well. Yeah, I know that a lot of the business leaders that I'm talking to at the moment are thinking deeply about what are the innovations, what are the mm. real positives that they want to hold on from this period as the cycle shifts and put that into their business going forward. What kind of conversations are you having with business leaders about this, Viren? Yeah, look, I think it is interesting because I think people are getting to this point of or starting to get to this point of reflection. They're at this, I think we're at the point where we're starting to at least see, you know, some light at the end of the tunnel. We're seeing some, okay, there's there's something at the end of this. And I think with people naturally will hit this point about, okay, there's some things I've actually really liked about what's happened. Look, there's, you know, um, all, all things aside, there's actually been some positives here. And um, some of the positives I think I've, I've heard from organizations, you know, the rate of, rate of change, you know, things that we may be trying to do for yeah. six months or a couple of years, they've managed to achieve in a couple of weeks. And like, wow, that's amazing. Or actually people can change. People can come up with new ideas and we can do things differently. Um, so I think that's the thinking about how do we kind of, capture that essence and capture that mindset and put that into our into our company so i think that's one that's been really beneficial i think obviously whilst it's been forced i think companies are seeing that flexibility in remote work it does work people just because people work from home they don't all of a sudden stop working actually people work in different ways so in some cases people are working working more and i think that's a, a separate topic to think about in terms of uh, well-being and, and personal productivity is kind of how you balance the two things up because we don't want people uh, overworking and, and burning out but I think at least what this I'll say experiment has shown is that people can work can work An remotely. experiment yes <laughs> I know. so someone's managing all of this are they someone's <laughs> looking at it well, as someone that's got a, such a passion for psychology I can't help but look at it as a, a large-scale experiment <laughs> yeah. okay so let's take that angle all right yeah. what would be if this were an experiment mm. what would be the hypothesis that we'd be testing. Yeah. I, can, I, I do want to add a disclaimer because there is a, a problem with this being a genuine experiment. And, I, you know, a genuine experiment, there'd be a control condition. And I think one thing that I, I would caution with is, okay, it is an experiment, but it's an experiment under undue, undue circumstances. But yes. the hypothesis would be that, I think if we just look at the remote work angle, that if we instigate remote work, people will be, more productive and more engaged. That would be a genuine hypothesis. I think um, prior to this, that I'd be talking to organisations in terms of the benefits of flexibility. You're getting better motivation, better better performance, better engagement, and also, I guess you've got the broader lens of you're attracting a broader talent pool as well because um, flexibility is a really important driver for that. So it's an interesting thing. I've I've had people on the podcast. I've had Maya Palaka on this podcast talking about. I've had. Um, Steph Roos and Vic Stewart from Beam on this podcast talking about how people are more productive working yeah. from home. And I didn't believe any of you, just putting <laughs> it out there, until five weeks ago when productivity has gone through the roof. Mm. Now, again, because of this non-experiment we're in, the, the conditions aren't, aren't uh, there's so many other confounding variables. There are, yeah, it's not optimal. No, so we can maybe lose that analogy, but fundamentally, People have had more to do in this period than they may have had in another time to be responding to an interesting cycle. That's right. So I want to talk about that, though, because the way that we're all working remotely right now, so it's right now 10.15 in the morning and this is my sixth call for today. Yeah. And I've probably got about another eight to ten to go. And most of them 
are on this using this technology and it's exhausting it is yeah so when we build back from this and keep the good stuff how can we manage it so as you've just said before people aren't working so um, intensely perhaps would be a way to do it, talk about it. Yeah. Um, look, I, I personally believe, and a lot of people are kind of getting fatigued from the amount of video calls they've got. I think it's a carryover from the old world of meeting syndrome, you know, a meeting for everything. And yeah. I think once people start to realise some of the benefits of digital, um, and, and simply digital, we've got so many more forums of communication available to us. So I think... And again, this is natural. It's human nature. Look, it's an unusual circumstance. People st- are craving connection because we're just forced into isolation. Yeah. So video is a nice, you know, a nice go-between. And I, I, I've had video calls with people that I haven't spoken with for years. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite interesting. Like before this, we probably wouldn't have reached out, but people have reached out and I've connected with people that I haven't chatted with for a while because people are craving connection. And I think this will pass. And I think people, again, will start reimagining, okay, video, video meetings, video chat, that, that, that's one mechanism there's so many other communication channels and tools that are available to us and it, we should start looking at how do we get away from the old world of everything has to be a meeting because it it doesn't and that was a problem before before yes. as well well it's a productivity killer isn't it because i know absolutely well five weeks ago three weeks ago whatever when people had a lot of additional work on their plate because of this drive for video <laughs> yeah. i had a lot of my team saying that i haven't got time to do my job no. And that was, so there's a problem beforehand as well if you have too many meetings. And actually, it's a shame because one of the, I think one of the big benefits of remote working is the ability to do proper deep work. I think when you look at the, uh, some of the science behind this in terms of how people work and how long it takes to get into this mind frame of, of deeper working or mindset of deeper working, you know, one of the benefits of working remotely is you could just, you could just switch off. You didn't have, you know, and you could, and this is a, a reason I think a lot of people uh, pre all this, you used to actually go work from home. It's like, oh, I've got this really important thing I need to work on. I'm going to work from home because it's free from distraction. People won't come up to my desk and I'll be able to really sink my teeth into something and do something really productive. That used to be the reason people worked remotely uh, prior to all of this. So I think we need to still capture some of that because it's, uh, it's a really important benefit of flexible and remote work. Now the world's shifted somewhat from the days when I worked with you a long time ago <laughs> as an organisational psychologist, you know, in organisational psychology. And you're right, the psychs were always the one working from home because you had these reports and it took time and deep work. The world has changed since then. The world of work has changed because collaboration and co-creation is a huge part of what work looks like right now. Absolutely. So, so yes, there's the opportunity for deep work, but if I think of the people that I'm engaging with each day, it's fast work uh, <laughs> that, that's making fast decisions and, dare I say, pivoting and interesting stuff. So there's probably very significant work being being achieved in every conversation and every, you know, collaboration. Can remote working work in that environment as well? Yeah, look, I think so. I think it's, it's, about, it's about the blend. So I think um, there needs to be space for deep work. So I think if we look at deep work in terms of, you know, reading, scanning externally, analysing information, thinking about new ideas, all of that requires quite a lot of um, deep thinking. And so that mm. requires space and time. But then there's a, there's a beauty of then people coming together and collaborating and bouncing ideas off one another, challenging each other's thinking, coming up with better and new ways of doing things. And the, that diversity of thought and harnessing that's really powerful. So I think there needs to be space and time for, for both. I think that's really um, one thing that's really important. 
And then I think the digital forum does provide some brilliant tools to actually facilitate some of these conversations. So I think it's just a case of transitioning uh, our mindsets about what digital can do um, and how some things can actually be better in a digital forum. How um, so just to even give you an example, you know, I'll run workshops and online workshops. And one of the components that I really like is actually the debriefing component. Sometimes is a lot better when it's done remotely because people can type their thoughts up. They share it on a screen with everyone else. You don't know who's typed what. So it's actually from a diversity of thought perspective, it's much better because we know what it's like in a meeting where it's just the loudest person talks and their person, their opinion counts the most. In this digital forum, it kind of levels the playing field a little bit if we use the tools that are kind of available to us. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point because it's a, a different modality. Yeah, so it is. normally in a group of people, as you say, it's it's voice. But I'm really enjoying the chat function. Yes, yeah. In, in you know, virtual um, video tools because it's so interesting that some of the things people write are actually quite profound. Mm. And... And some of the quieter people in a meeting will write something that I know they would never say. Yes. And I'm finding that that's, that's an, a real value in that and thinking that in a, in a future where people may be face-to-face, how could you still have that as well? Because everyone writing something down in a room feels kind of forced as well. It does, and it feels a bit old school as well. You know, you, you, yeah. you get people to write write things down. It can feel a little bit um, like an old way of doing things. It's something uh, I think great about the digital environment. People are just used to e- either through the fact that they text a lot, they chat, yeah. or the social media platforms. They're used to typing stuff online, and I think um, and typing their opinions online. And I think in a digital for- forum where we're running these kind of sessions where we get people to collaborate, we can get the quieter voices out. People that might not normally talk. Um, because it's so much more comfortable typing rather than having to speak in front of a group of people. Uh, I'm happy talking. Yeah, I am as well. But <laughs> my typing is very, very bad. Yeah, you're a talker. I'm a talker. Yeah. I'd love to really get on to now about about change and about leverage of of you know some of the things that we've all had to do. So I was saying to you before uh, that I had an experience yesterday if I had to go into the office to perform a, a task. And a word that's been playing in my mind is irrelevant <laughs> because walking around there, that, that's from an, an old time. That's from a time before the world changed. Yeah. That's from a time when we'd all drive to a place, go up in the lift and stand that close to each other. <laughs> and, and that time's gone. For all sorts of reasons, because our businesses have changed, we've changed as people, and there's no going back to that. Because I looked at it yesterday and I thought, well, whenever we go back to whatever, we won't be standing close to each other. Mm. You won't you won't be right next to someone. The the two other people who were in there yesterday, two of us were looking at something on a camera and then we both immediately sort of stepped apart. So so there's no going back. So how I'd love your perspective on how a business leader takes the next steps now yeah. to make sure that it's, it's in embracing the change that's happened, being open to the opportunity, being optimistic about a future and recognising that, that there's no back no. unless it's a factory where you're making things, but still that's going to have to be done differently. So that's the longest question in the world. <laughs> but 
where does a business leader start with this? So I think where I always kind of go, this is where it's really important. And I'm sure a lot of businesses have re, re looked at their strategy. I think it, that's one of the most important places to start is, you know, what is our, what is our strategy? What are we looking to do? What's our kind of broader, broader vision? And I think breaking down from that, what are our kind of key objectives and what are the skills and capabilities we need in order to get to where we want to go? And I think designing things from the ground up from there, I think it's, it's, it's for me, it's the most logical place to place So that's to no different from what you would have suggested to me no. six months ago? No different. I mean, the context is different, but the context changes. It's changing this way this time, but it changes in, in it's changed in many times, just in, even in my lifetime, you know, um, yeah. advent of, you know, growth of internet, growth of social media technology. These are big, they're big shifts. They perhaps didn't happen overnight, but they happen relatively quickly. And that's forced lots of businesses to change the way they do things anyway. I think this is not necessarily all that different um, in that regard. It's a it's a big contextual event that's happened and it forces us to think differently about our strategy and how we go about doing things. Right. Okay. So businesses are thinking about their strategy now in this world and where they are in the cycle. So hmm. businesses are thinking of that. But then what are the important people decisions right now that businesses need to be making? Yeah. So I think in terms of the people decisions, this is a quite an interesting one because I think you've obviously got the do we go back to like even a practical do we go back to office spaces you mentioned the office you went back to the office do we go back how do we go back is that important anymore so that i think that's kind of like you know simple well, i say simple practical decisions like that are going to be really important i think what companies are grappling with more now is well when we can't see someone we don't know necessarily what they're working on how do we how do we deal with that and i think that's kind of washed over a little bit because people have been understanding that, look, everyone's transitioning, we're moving at quite a pace, let's just do what we can and we'll figure it out. But I think it will start dawning on companies that, look, we need to, performance is still obviously a major, major yeah. consideration. I think it's taken a backseat and rightly so for many companies right now, it's more about kind of well-being and immediate um, immediate survival. But it, it will come on to companies now that, hey, these things that were important before, performance, engagement, they're equally important now how we drive those things in a kind of blended environment, that, that's going to look a little bit different. And so how do we grapple with that? Actually, that's a really good point. I wanted to um, talk to you about a blended environment. So before we flip the switch and everybody out, yeah. we had some people remotely and some people at work. And maybe we weren't very good at that because what we were trying to do was do it in an old model. We were, yeah. <laughs> so you need to Zoom in, team in, FaceTime into this meeting. How can you best work within a blended model with your team? Yeah. Look, I, I think the, the ultimate principle I always go back to is creating um, alignment together with autonomy. So if we kind of go, the benefit of remote work in, in a lot of cases, especially for knowledge work, should be you can basically work anytime, anywhere. That's, that's the utopia. You kind of go, it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what time you switch on. You have total autonomy about when you, when you do things. So as an organization, what you then need to be doing is driving autonomy, uh, sorry, alignment. And what that alignment should create is transparency and trust. You kind of go, if, I, if I'm really clear about what I expect you to produce from an outcomes perspective, um, and I have over, oversight of how you're going against those things relatively frequently, it doesn't really matter. You're getting the job done. So if I'm really clear about what I want you to do and what good looks like, and you go away and do that in, in your own time in the way you see best, everyone's winning. 
People are happy because they're getting autonomy. Companies are happy because they're getting people that are performing on the areas they need to be performing on. Okay, that's that's makes sense. And again, it's interesting. I've had these conversations with people, but it makes sense now because I'm <laughs> living in this practical embodiment of it. And I think some of the the realistic things about people working from home have become okay as well. Yeah. Because before it would not be okay if pretend I had a five-year-old yeah. popped into this video right now. But now that that's kind of okay. And I think that leaders and managers are just going to accept the whole person. So it so flexibility becomes even more flexible, doesn't it? Oh yeah. I'm so I'm so happy about that, that that's become it, it's the reality. People we're not just I'm not just at work Viren. I am Viren and I've got many sides to me. One of the sides I've got two boys. They do sometimes jump on the, the video camera and yeah. that's fine. And it and it should be fine. And I think the more we can, you know, take time as leaders and companies to understand and support the whole of person. I just think it's a it's a win for everyone. Yeah, I, I do too. I think it's again shifted us and and you have a more authentic view of a person. Where do they sit? What does it look like? You know, <laughs> who, who really are they? Let's touch on mental health. Mm. So I I have a theory that we we thought a lot about what the mental health of people will be right now and in this stage yeah. of the cycle. I think we're going to have to watch more carefully where people are as they move into perhaps less restrictions, engagement, but a different kind of engagement. My world has completely changed, but it's not going back. Do you yeah. have any thoughts on that? Yeah, look, and, and this is one of the, you know, when someone's coming in, let's go pre-world, someone's coming in every day to an office, you get to see them, you know, and it's, uh, and I think there is, there's something powerful about that at least. I know there is some kind of, um, it is a little bit old school, but you get to see them and you get to, I think if you're a good leader, you'll, you'll have a good oversight of your people and kind of how they're going. In this remote world where people might be on and off, you might not know so much kind of how they're, how they're tracking along. And I think this is where personal relationships and connection are, are really important. So you, mm. as a leader, you do, you probably have to make a little bit more of an effort to kind of keep in touch with people without overwhelming them. And it's such a kind of fine, fine mm. balance. Mm. Um, and as a leader, you know, the well-being, mental, physical side of your staff it is it should be paramount of importance to you. So um, I think it, that, that's where it is different. You're not going to be seeing someone every day. So as a leader, you need to be quite conscious of um, keeping in touch, checking in and connecting with all the people that you that you lead. It's being intentional about it. I, it I raise good. it a lot here, but our, our team Pilates on a Friday afternoon over, <laughs> over video conference has been wonderful. We're doing it every week and, and and what I'm loving about it is seeing the families as well. Yeah, seeing so, everyone. <laughs> so we've got partners in and kids turning up and it's 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 been really nice and thinking, how can you do that when people will have to figure out how to translate that one to face-to-face? Well, that's right, yeah. So, Viren, what I've heard is choice. That's clearly a big word for you. Yeah, choice. I've yeah. heard that through this non-experiment experiment, that we're getting to test some things and that we've been able to test some of uh, what we've heard about, about productivity, the use of digital tools, the power of video conference. And I've heard your warnings about things like um, making sure people aren't burning out and that they've got time to do work and indeed the value of deep work in an environment like this. I think you've given us some good perspectives on, on what we can all take into uh, the next ste- steps 
of our future that we're building for ourselves as leaders and for our businesses. And I've found that very helpful. And I would like to talk again at some point as this as this continues. So Viren Thakra, thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me, Steph. The time just flew by. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Tech Live for today. CEOs are in the business of making decisions and leadership is the art of execution. I'm Stephanie Christopher and look forward to talking to you next time. Music